Hey, this is Sammy Flores. I'm the pastor at Coin Church in Chino, California, and this is our podcast. I'm so grateful you're tuning in. I hope this encourages you and calls you to more because you were made for more. Here's our latest message. There's many connotations from when it was written 2,000 plus years ago to the people of Ephesus and to the church there and what it means to us here in, in 2022. So the book of Ephesians, if, if this is your first week, you got to go back and listen to the messages so that you're caught up, but we're on chapter three. And I'm going to read a, a passage of scripture, but before I do that, uh, I, I grew up with three older brothers, right? So I have a, a brother above me, his name's Zach, and uh, a lot of people, he, he would always tell me, this was how mean he was when we were younger, he'd be like, you know you were adopted, right? You know you're adopted. And I'd be like, Zach, you're the white guy of the family, like we're all dark-skinned brown and you're the white one, you know? As I got older, I started pushing back with my words, but Zach is right above me and he's like 6'3", right? Big, tall guy, right? If you've seen him, firefighter. And then the brother above that is, uh, is Paul. And Paul's actually here. Paul, love you. Paul and Brooke, they're from Texas. They're visiting. <laughs> and then the brother above him, which is the oldest, is Luke. So I had three older brothers, right? So four boys in a home. And I've talked about this before, but we all love Rocky, that's our movie, right? Ever since I was a little boy, it was playing. And then when I got older, the reason why I called Zach the tall white guy is he was Ivan Drago to me. And we would, we would finish watching Rocky and we had boxing gloves and I was Rocky, right? In Rocky Four, and I was fighting my brother with the boxing gloves. But, but Rocky won. Sylvester Stallone writes this beautiful story of a man that came from nothing, and he worked hard and he fought hard and he just wanted to make a living. He didn't want to be, as he said, quote, a bum on the street. And he has this opportunity and he says, it's like a million to one shot to, to fight this man, Apollo Creed. And it was like a joke that Rocky was able to get into the ring and he's like contemplating, he's going back with Adrian. He's like, I'm not gonna win this fight. Why don't you think you're gonna, there's no way. And he quotes this that I had to bring here. He says, oh, come on, Adrian, it's true. I was a nobody. But that don't matter either, you know, because I was thinking it really doesn't matter if I lose this fight. It really doesn't matter if this guy opens my head either because all I want to do is go the distance. Nobody's ever gone the distance with Creed. And if I can go that distance, you see, and that bell rings and I'm still standing, I'm going to know for the first time in my life that I weren't just another bum from the neighborhood. But Rocky Balboa, in that movie, he goes into the ring and he goes all 14 rounds with Apollo Creed. He has this growth mindset that no matter what, as he trained, as he got ready to fight Apollo Creed, he just told himself, I know I'm gonna get knocked down and in fact, I'm probably gonna lose this fight but I'm going the distance. And I love that movie. I love all of the Rockies, by the way, because there's this, this massive amount of like story behind it for our day-to-day -day lives, right? I had to call my brother Zach up and I was like, Zach, which one was it going the distance? That was four, right? Because four is in my mind because I'm Rocky, Zach's Ivan Drago. And he's like, no, 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 man, that's Rocky one. Rocky four is all about family and it's all about kind of taking Apollo Creed's life and, and kind of having vengeance for it and taking out Ivan Drago and fighting him in the ring. But nevertheless, going the distance was the whole theme of the Rockies, right? And I thought about this passage of scripture that we're about to read right now. And you might not see going the distance, but I was thinking about another perspective in life. Imagine that you were able to sit 
you know, there's 30-year-olds, 40-year-olds, there's a lot of 20-year-olds in the room, and then there's what I love to call the gray hairs, the, the wise folk, right? And wherever you're at in your journey, just if you could imagine yourself sitting down with a cup of coffee with your 80 or 90-year-old self. Say, God bless you with 100 years. You're 100 years old and you're sitting at a table and you're having a conversation with yourself and you might wanna know about the career and about the success and about all the things that you've done, but really, truly, when you're on your deathbed, right, you wanna know about family, you wanna know about the thing, the impact, the legacy that you've made if you have uh, uh, revenge in your heart, like brokenness in your heart, those are all the things. And so imagine you sat right in front of yourself and the question that was asked was, and, and yourself says, no, I'm still married. I have beautiful children, I have grandchildren, great-grandchildren. God has blessed me, I, I've gone the distance with God. I never gave up on God because God never gave up on me. I didn't say, no, God's not good enough for me. God came and did all this stuff to me. All these issues was God's fault. I didn't blame my spouse, I didn't blame anyone. I just, I went the distance. Or maybe you have a conversation with yourself and it's way different. No, I'm divorced. All my family are just estranged. We're all broken. There's no connection anymore. There's no relationship. I don't even know my, my kids or my grandkids, let alone my great-great-grandkids. I don't know any of them. And, and for God, he didn't answer any of my prayers. I didn't, I didn't need God in my life. Which man or woman would you want to talk to? Right? And the question, if I'm being honest, the question that I would care about the most is, how did you do it? How did you do the distance? How did you go the long distance? How did you make that happen? How did you get up and fight and push forward? And you know, if you were even to have conversations with, let's just say, athletes, the great athletes, right? The Kobe Bryants or the Serena Williams, even though she hasn't retired really yet, I don't think she has. Those that have retired, you would ask them, how did you do it so well? How did you make all of these, you know, Hall of Fame and trophies and championships? And, and yet, if we were to go even deeper, we would find out there was a lot of effort involved with it, if we're being honest. I'm learning even in my own walk that I can't just stay and pray at night and wake up in the morning. I've said this and make my, God isn't going to make my bed in the morning. I have to. And there's this relational dynamic with our faith that we have to be willing to take a step forward and to walk with God on our journey. But, but Rocky and Rocky One, do you, if you've seen Rocky One, what happens? He loses. He loses the fight. But it's like there's always that moment, my brothers, we would, me and Zach would always do this, where the music starts playing when they're in the ring, and that's when you know it changes. And if you watch Rocky, go back and watch Rocky. There's this moment where he's getting knocked so much and he just keeps getting back up. And Apollo's getting frustrated because he's knocked guys out in the second, third, fourth round. That's it. But Rocky was just willing to get back up no matter the difficulty. And the story behind all of that is there will be failures in your life, in my life, right? We will have many moments where we fall, where we mess up, where we make mistakes. There will be many moments that we want to do the wrong thing and oftentimes might step through those doors and there's brokenness and there's, there's bitterness and there's resentment that's built in all those areas, but yet we have to be willing to just get back up, go the distance with God. Paul writes this, you might say, where is that in this? Well, that's, that's what the Lord spoke to me, so I want, at least in my life right now where I'm at, this is what I got 
from this passage of scripture, but we're going to look at the context and the culture. It says this, Ephesians 3, verse 14. For this reason, Paul says, I kneel before the Father from whom every, I love this, family in heaven and on earth derives its name. Paul says, I pray, I pray. He's praying to the church of Ephesus. He's praying for you and me. He says, I pray, this is my prayer, that on out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your, watch this, inner being, inside. Not so much exterior, but what is within. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray, here's my prayer for you, that you would be rooted, that your roots would grow deep and you would be established in love, he says, in love. He says, and it may have power together, watch this, unity together with all of the Lord's people, with the church, that you'd have love together with the church, with God's people, and to grasp how wide, how long, how high, how deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love, watch this, that surpasses knowledge. So sorry for those that are over logical. It's not going to make sense to you at some point that you may be filled with the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask, imagine according to his power, that is, notice this language, at work. That's verb, isn't it? There's a work that he is doing within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ through all generations, to not only my children, but my children's children. Not only your children, but your children's children, forever and ever, amen. Paul is saying in this passage, watch this, okay? Here's the title, Go in the Distance. We got that. If I had a subtitle to this, it would be A Prayer for Power and for Love. And you might say, where's the go in the distance in this passage? Well, the ultimate result of following Jesus is not to have fame or is not to have success or is not to have it all, is not to even have like everything in order in your life. That's not the goal of, of following Jesus. The goal, in my understanding, in the scriptures and what Jesus came to do is love. The goal is love. If you sit with your 80, 90-year-old self and that man or woman is a loving, non-anxious presence in the world that we live in, that is the work of Jesus, it's not the work of a self-help book, right? It's not the work of, of people coming in our lives and helping us. That's all good stuff. But at the end of the day, if it's not Jesus doing a deep work in us and the result not being loved, then you've missed it and it's not Jesus. And, you know, I get so frustrated. Let's be honest. Man, I've been, oh, I've been, I've been I started and I was young. I was like, wow, I'm still young. I was like 19, 20 when I started really doing ministry I'm almost 30, so come on, let's go. I'm almost 30. I have some gray hairs right here. <laughs> I've been doing this for almost 10 years, to be honest, ministry and, and coffee and, 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 and talking to people and praying through it and working with people and encouraging people. And the frustrating aspect of all of this is I've seen followers of Jesus and they miss it all the well, the love action, the love part. We miss the love part. And what did Jesus say? He says, I say this all the time because this just blows my mind. A man came and said, what's the greatest commandment? To love your God, to love your God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength, right? But also to love your neighbor. It's here too. 
If I've missed that, then I've, I've missed the grasp. I've missed the knowledge of this love that changes me and transforms me so that I can go to a brother or sister and say, man, I love you no matter what. And watch this. If love is the, the ultimate goal of going the distance, you will be a person who has grace and kindness and is merciful. You'll, you'll exemplify the fruit of the Spirit. I don't want to jump ahead, but if you were to just look at chapter 4, we've done the groundwork of Ephesians. Chapters 1, 2, and 3 is the theology. It's the cornerstone. It's the bedrock. It's who we should be. Paul is laying out to the church theologically. And then chapter 4, watch what it says. I'm just going to read two verses. I don't want to get ahead. As a prisoner of the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy. Now he's going to talk to us how to live. Of the calling you've received, be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in what? In love. Make every effort, there's verb, there's action involved with that, to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. So Paul's laid the groundwork, and then next week he's going to say, this is how you should live now. If, if, if you want to be a follower of Jesus, this is how you live. So, so I want to hit this, okay, because this is important. Paul's saying in this passage Information does not equal transformation. <laughs> I believe in you, Jesus. I believe in you, God. I believe. We know that. Paul said it's by grace. It's not anything you can do. It's a gift that only he can give you. So your salvation is secured, right? We know that theologically. He just said that. We just read that a couple weeks ago. But just because you believe and just because it's information there's even theologians in this day that understand the Bible so well, they don't even believe in God. They don't even follow God. They just teach it. Information does not equal transformation. If the goal is just for you to have the knowledge and know the scripture and recite it and quote it and talk about it and there's this external image in our lives, but there's no deep transformation taking root in your soul, you've missed it. I've missed it. Transformation requires a deep work, doesn't it? Paul gives a prayer for those who follow Jesus for the church. He's doing that. Three points, three thoughts I want to expand upon about going the distance. Here's the first. He says, I pray that God would strengthen you with power. Verse 16, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. It's an inner work. I pray that he would give you power, that he would give you strength to go throughout this journey. When you fall, will you have the strength of the Spirit of God to get back up? To strengthen what is inside of you that you wouldn't be shaken, that you would be, when you're detoured, when, when life hits you because it will, when the valley comes because the valley will come, are you strengthened by his power? Or are you leaning on other power, on other strength, on other people? Or are you going to the source of God to find the power and the strength in your inner being and in what is inside of you? That's the power, right? That he's praying, man, my prayer for you is that you would receive his power, that you'd stand in his power, that you would be assured in his power, that you'd walk in his power. And then he says, verse 17, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that, being rooted and established in love. That word dwell in the original language is not just 
the dwell that we think of. It's much deeper. It's a dwelling of an occupying of space, of an occupying. Like if, if God were to come in your house, he wants to occupy it. Every inch, every corner, every crevice. I shared this. I asked Kelly if I could share this story, right? So I'm not putting her on blast. But I do this all the time. And you might have heard this analogy, and I'm sorry if you have, but it's just so funny to me, and it's the perfect analogy. Have you ever had, like, we have crews on Thursdays, every other Thursday, and Kelly's cooking, and she has different people cooking, and Erica cooked her Mexican food, and it was so amazing, right? We're doing, like, the girls' cooking crew on Thursdays, and Kelly's, like, preparing the, the, the space, right? The kitchen, everything's all clean, right? Don't you do that when people are coming over? You clean the area, but then there's, like, a specific area or room you just throw all the junk in, right? <laughs> well, the other day... <laughs> I, I was putting Lenya to sleep and I hadn't been home all day. I came home and I just wanted to be with Lenya. And I noticed the room was spotless. I was like, Kelly, oh my gosh, my whole mood. I was like, okay, Gary Chapman, acts of service, I think is one of my love languages now. I'm like, man, Kelly, you are so beautiful to me. Like, man, this room's clean. And I'm getting Lenya ready to, for bed and I'm like, oh, happy. And then she goes to bed and the next morning, <laughs> We're on a rush, right? We're trying to get out of the door. I'm like, Kel, where's Lenya's sandals? I can't find her sandals. I'm looking all over the place. And she's like, they're in the closet. So I start running up the stairs. She's like, don't, don't go in the closet. I'm like, no, it's okay. I'm just and I open it, and there's just clothes everywhere in the closet. And I was laughing, and I couldn't find her shoes. And I was like, Kelly, oh, you cleaned the room but the closet. <laughs> but I do that too. I've done that before. What Jesus is trying, what Paul's trying to say is I want to dwell in all of the areas and rooms of your house. I want to be a part of your life, not just one area, all of it. And if I could just for a moment encourage even some of us, many areas we want God to be in or the one he's for sure invited into is our spirituality, right? The prayer, the fasting, the spiritual gifts, we love that stuff, the worship, all of the spiritual dynamics of our faith and of our journey. It's a draw to us like a magnet to, to God. But what about all the area, other areas in our life? If we're to be people of love, what about the areas of the people that can't stand you and speak bad about you and, 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 and hurt you or want to ruffle up your feathers? What about those areas of your life? Are you loving those people? Or is it just the spiritual part? And so when he says, I want to dwell, Paul's saying, I pray that, that, that Christ would dwell in your hearts. And I pray that being rooted, rooted, rooted. There's, there's, there's shovel that's involved with rooted, right? Where we have to go deep within the soil of our own soul. And, and Jesus used that analogy, didn't he, where he said that there was a planter and he would throw seed and that was the job of our, that's we're just to throw seed and then this, the seed hits the soil and there's different soils, but the birds would come or the wind would come and, and snatch it up, the crows would come, but, but the one, the, the, the seed that went rooted and went deep cr created produce, right? Fruit, juicy fruit. And I don't know about you, but I want to be rooted in the things of God. So what areas have you not allowed Jesus into? Your relationships, your marriage, right? Your friends, the way that you think and you act and walk and talk, your career, your jobs. Have, is he invited into all of it or is it just spiritual? 
The sto- so he says this in verse 18, May, and I pray that you'd have power together with the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and know this love that surpasses knowledge. And I, I think about this often when I'm on this journey called faith, right? There are so many things that happen that I cannot explain. I'm sorry, I, I just, as a pastor, as someone who loves the scripture, as someone who's on this journey just as you are, I can't explain some of the things that God does. And the problem with the Western church is we want to explain everything. The Eastern church, if you know, that they love the mystery. They say it's a mystery. Uh, you can't, you might, you're not going to get all of it, man. It's a mystery of God. We don't like that language because we want to know everything because we're all about information. Information, information. I gotta have the facts. I gotta have the right. It's gotta be right. It's gotta be detailed. I gotta know why God did this and how he did. I gotta know why he didn't do that. And I gotta know, God, you gotta tell me. And it's like, you've missed it. You've missed it. But Paul says the love that he wants for you, it will surpass your knowledge. What do you mean? In, in, in discord, when someone is in an offense with you or you're in with them and you have done the work of being a follower of Jesus, he will override that with love every time. He will. That's the true follower of Jesus. And I'll be honest, man, that, that is tough for me. Isn't it tough for you? Our pride gets in the way. Our arrogance gets in the way. What we think we know or don't know gets in the way. And yet, if the ultimate goal is for me to sit down with the Sammy that's in his 90s, I want to know, how did you do that? Let's just talk about marriage for a second, right, Kel? Come on, let's just talk about marriage. Did you know that, that marriage is the perfect theological expression of God to us? He gave us marriage so that we could understand that relational dynamic. Kelly knows me, all of me, right? She knows every aspect of me. She knows the good, the bad, and the ugly. She knows what's up here sometimes. Is that the real Sammy? And we have come like, Kelly, I just want to be real all the time, everywhere. Teach me how to do that, Kelly. Call me out when you need to. When we go home, I want there to be health. I want to live in, in order, right? I don't want to live in chaos. I want to be reconciled to Kelly when I have my differences. But what what is the ultimate goal of that? It's love, isn't it? If you can't get the love part right, we just talked about this in our men's crew, 65% in the America, the divorce rate is at, 65%. 50% of divorce is in the church. It's like, man, we've missed it, dude. What are we missing? What are we doing? And I've been following Jesus or at least it was my parents' faith, so it was like secondhand smoke, and then it became my own. And I had to go through a journey where I thought I knew everything. You could ask people in high school. They, they don't like that, Sammy. I would say, oh, you're going to that party? You're going to hell, man. You know what it says in the Bible? And then I, like, literally, I would tell people, you're going to hell. But I was, I'll be honest, I was raised in that environment. I was raised in an environment within the church world that condemned you and made you terrified so that you would crawl to God. That's not love, I'm sorry. A true love of a father, as I'm learning with Lenya, I want her to always want to come up to me, 
always want to say, whenever I need to come in your presence, Dad, can I call you? Can I be there for you? Whenever. And as I have conversations with my brothers, that's the one thing I'm learning from him as he's a father with older children that I'm grasping now with, with Lenya being almost two years old. I just need to show up. I just need to be there. You need to be there for your family. Your children will look at you in their small, finite mind as God. That's, it's just, look it up. That's just how we work. We pray to God at the dinner table, and your little girl or your little boy will view you as God. And then when they get older, they realize, oh, you're not God. <laughs> Verse 19, he says, and to know, to know. You know there's two different types of knowing The first knowing is you saying you know me because I'm up here talking on a weekly basis. I know Sammy. Pastor Sam, yeah. Sam, yeah, he likes to work out. He does this and that. Yeah, I know Sam. You don't really know me, though. But Kelly knows me, right? She knows me. She knows the good, the bad, and the ugly. She knows when I get stressed out, when I get overwhelmed. She knows when it gets difficult, when it gets hard. She knows that that I'm gonna get back up, but she also knows that I'm gonna show up. But if God isn't doing a work in me and the result isn't love, then I'm probably not gonna show up. I will become selfish. I will do it for me. I will do it for I. I will want an image. I will want it for me, myself, and I, and I will be trapped in the information bubble of what it means to be a follower of Jesus instead of the transformation that Jesus wants to do, which is, by the way, a deep work in your soul. So it's together with others and to grasp, right? So I wrote this down in my notes. There's power, there's presence, and there's proximity. That's, that's where it's at. So just to, to point it out, may he strengthen you with power. That's his power. And being rooted and established in love to grasp. And then he says that you may dwell, that's presence, and that you would grasp and be a part of this established love, and that's proximity, and he says to grasp. So all of this power, presence, proximity will equal love in your life. His power, his presence, and his proximity, when he is actually doing the deep work in your soul, I promise you it will result in love. But that doesn't mean it's easy. It really doesn't. If the ultimate goal is not love, you've missed it. Like I said, you've missed it. That he would surpass knowledge, right? And then verse 20, to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. We love that verse, don't we? We quote it. I quote it all the time. I quote it when I'm in my car and I'm like thinking, God, you can do more than I could ever dream or ask or imagine. But when I quote that passage of scripture, I've been quoting it out of context, and I'm, not, I'm negating the fact that in order to go the distance, I have to actually have skin in the game. Like, I get really frustrated in this, in this point of my life, right, where in order to do this, this church thing, this God thing, I can't just be, now, now, now mind my language, I can't just be following Jesus. I have to be an actual disciple of Jesus. We've made following Jesus a really good thing. I follow Jesus. Do you really? Okay, awesome. Let's talk about chapter four then. Humility and gentleness and patience and making an every effort to be in unity. I, 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 come on, bro, let's talk about that. Where's this at? 
Oh, I'm good with God, though. Right, Justin, I know he would be okay if I told him. <laughs> Justin said his mom would tell him, hey, you got to go to church, Justin. He's like, me and Jesus, we're homies, mom. We're good. <laughs> I love that. I just laughed that this past week he said that. I was like, man, but he knows, no, that's not true. I need to do some work. I need to go deeper. I need a transformation of my soul. So if you want to go the distance in your marriage, you need love. You need forgiveness in your life. If you want to go the distance in your faith, you need power of his presence and his proximity. You need to actually be talking with him on a regular basis. It can't just be a clock in and a clock out type of thing or else you'll miss it. You actually have to not just know, I know Jesus, I know the scriptures, I know the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, come on. John 3, 16, I know it. But you have to actually know him as you would know your spouse in an intimate manner. And watch this. I was, I'm, in, I'm in class right now, and the class is about soul care, right? Soul care, how to care for people's souls in the, in the context of, of, of of pastoring and shepherding. And you know my professor said, a mentor in my life, he said, do you realize that when you're walking with people's life, you, you're walking with them in intimacy? And then everyone would kind of like, and he's like, but see, that's already the problem. When I say the word intimacy, your, your, your mind first goes to sex. It's, it's sexual. If, if intimacy is just sexual, it's not even intimate. You've missed it. He said, intimacy, that's one form or facet that belongs to your spouse, but all the other areas of your life, you must know God intimately. Knowing, a deep knowing, like in the guy's crew on Wednesdays, we're, we're kind of starting to know each other. I got a text this week from, from Sean, I don't know if he's here, from Sean, and he texted me because he knows me a little bit better. Hey, bro, just know, man, I'm always here. I, I can pray for you. I can talk to you whenever you need me. And I'm like, man, I need that. Thank you, bro, because you're starting to know me. Do you know people? In your life? Or, let's, let's just be honest, as a father, do you, do you know your son? As a mother, do you know your daughter? Are you learning them? Are you studying them? Are you understanding who they are? Do you really know them? Or is it just, I, I know you? And we'll miss the deep component of love in our life if we just simply know from a distance. And then he goes on to say, uh, worship, you guys can come on up. He goes on to say in verse 21, to, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ throughout all generations, forever and ever, amen. So I want to go the distance in this life. And I, and I have a lot of distance to go. <laughs> Just this past week, I uh, was, was driving in the car and I was overwhelmed, overwhelmed with life. And... Um, I just started crying in the car. I was crying. I was crying. I was like, what's wrong with me, man? What's, what's wrong with my life, right? Like, I'm so stressed. I was going to preach somewhere, right, on a Friday night. And, and I called my brother. And I asked, I said, how did you get through the hardest seasons of your life? Because it's just a lot. At times, right? Isn't it a lot at times? Right? When you're going through things, when you're just do, dealing with difficulty, how do you go the distance? And he reminded me, he said, man, don't look back or left or right. You have to keep your eye on what God's called you to do. You have to keep your eyes forward. You have to continue to strive forward. But I know that's just, that's just a, the tipping point. The, the rest is where the church comes in. 
The rest is where your spouse comes in. The rest is where unity comes in. The rest is where community comes in. And you lean on each other and you work with each other and you process with each other and you begin to know a love that is much deeper than you could ever dream or imagine and it surpasses knowledge. But for me, I want to be able to go, here, here's my go the distance. I don't know what yours is, but I'll just share you mine because I'm up here. My go the distance, I want, I want my family to be able to say, man, dad showed up. He loved us so much. I want my 80-year-old, 90-year-old self to be able to say, who cares about all the other stuff, man? You never gave up. You went the distance. And you, you got knocked down a lot. And it was hard, but you didn't give up on your marriage. You didn't give up on your children. You didn't even give up on the person that didn't want anything to do with you. You just went the distance, and you were a non-anxious presence. I want to be, I say this all the time about Grandma Liz. I love Grandma Liz so much. She's my grandma. And I told her the other day, I said, Liz, man, people love you. You're the grandma of this church. You're so loving, right? I, I love that. But, but no, here's the honest truth. That is the work of a lifetime, of a journey, of going the distance, of not giving up and not getting bitter and not having strife and forgiving and giving and not taking and not getting, getting in grudges, but just lovingly saying, no, I'm going the distance. And the distance is love. That's, that's it, guys. There's so many more facets to it, but if you miss that part, you've missed it. We've missed it. I've missed it. Man, Dad, he went the distance. Can you say that about yourself right here, right now? If life continued to go and 40, 50 years go by, what conversation will you have with yourself? You know, that, like you got to ask yourself that question. What are you doing now to ensure the future that you will become a healthy follower of Jesus, disciple of Jesus, who is a student of his word? And ask any athlete, I'll use that analogy, there's some effort involved with it. It's not just going to happen overnight. There's a deep work that must be done. Does that make sense? Well, hey, I want to pray for you as we go through this, right? And next week, I just got to prepare you. I got to prepare you. <laughs> I'm not coming after you, Paul is, right? Read, read chapter four for yourself to just prepare your hearts. But this is the word of God. Honestly, it is. It, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It has changed my life from the inside out. It was my mother's faith and my father's faith. It became my own faith. And I climbed up the rock. I climbed up the mountain. And I did my due diligence. And at some point, I had to pray for wisdom and knowledge. And that revelation that only God can bring me, he found me. And I found him. And I began to know myself the more that I knew God. And I'm still on that journey but, but you have to do the work. And I promise that as you do the work on this thing called student of Jesus, that he will transform you from the inside out. Don't make it about information anymore. I don't need to know your scriptures. I love you. Come with me. Let's talk about it. But unless we're living this out, it's, it's just, honestly, like, it's just words then. Do you hear what I'm saying? You hear what I'm saying? I can read this to you. You hear it, you get up, and you go. But unless there's revelation and wisdom and transformation, it's just words. But he just painted it to us. It's the spirit of God that will do that for you. 
you gotta do the work too, right? You gotta step up to the plate too. You gotta be willing to say, whatever, whatever you gotta do in my life, God, I'm here. You can have every room in my house. That, that, that me at 3 a.m., you can have that guy too. You can have all of me. Does that sound good? <laughs> well, hey, you, can you guys stand up? We're gonna finish. Let me just pray for you. God, thank you so much for every person in this church. Thank you, God, that are those that are on a journey as they, they work, as they process, as they, they fight for a better future. God, I pray that we'd be willing to go the distance in love, Lord. That at the end of our day, Father, that we would be willing to say, able to say, that you did more than we could ever dream or imagine, that you surpassed our dreams, you surpassed what we really thought we wanted, and you gave us a life that wasn't exempt from trial or trouble. We went through those things. But God, we were able to get up because we knew you were with us through every battle, through every fight, through every victory, through every, every suffering, through the diagnosis, through the mishaps, through the trials and the tribulations. You were with us, God. And, and Father, I want to go the distance with you. I pray that for, for this, these people. I pray that for our community, that we would be willing to go the distance. In your name we pray. Amen and amen.